Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Everybody, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. This is Ray again in London with Cam in Georgia. I keep forgetting to say Georgia. I keep saying Florida, but Cam has now moved to Georgia. Savannah. So in Savannah, Georgia, yeah. So, Cam, we're back again to talk about a welcome win, 1-0 win against Crystal Palace. Not really much to say about that, really. I mean, you know, it's a, a win is a win. But one thing I really was happy about, the fact that no Eric Dyer was in the team. What do you think about that? No Dyer. Well, for the first, what I have to say about that, thank you, Ray, for getting me back. I mean, it was a it was a game very hard for us to really pick out too much out of it. But I'll tell you one thing that I did pick out. Obviously, we weren't Dyer at the back. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Because the main thing there is, I, I was just shocked. Ray, I have to say I was absolutely shocked because 20 minutes went by and we hadn't conceded. And yeah. Normally I was expecting it to be 3-0 down at least, especially the way that Palace have been scoring recently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, well, someone must have uh, injected in a few of those players that defensive pill. Uh, mm-hmm. that, well, well, they must have taken it because taking Dyer, what a difference did it make? And, you know, two things I noticed about Dyer not being there. One is... Longley suddenly seems to be able to defend. Yep. I mean, what that that lastish tackle he did. <laughs> that was like a WWF move, WWE move, wasn't it? <laughs> like a clothesline. Uh, but yeah. Romero was a different player. I thought those two played so much better together with Dyer not being there. I mean, it was like it was tra- it was transforming, transforming yeah. in terms of defense. Okay, it was only Palace. But wow! No, you what say only Palace, but they've been scoring good goals. You know, they've been scoring yeah, lots yeah. of goals since Roy took up. What yeah. do you think about bringing Emerson Royale back as a right-sided centre back? What do you think of that move? I mean, I thought from the beginning of the season and from last season, I would never have said this, but I think he's probably been outside of Kane, uh, our best player of the season. Really? They go that far? I go that far. The only one who could defend. <laughs> Funny, is it? Royale comes back. We've now got a clean sheet in what? How many games? I don't know. I don't even care to remember. But it just shows you can have Poro and Royal in the same team. You can, Poro clearly is not a defender. We might have signed him as a right back. But didn't we sign Gareth Bale as a left back? Yeah, we did. Uh, we would did, you yeah. put, have a put Gareth Bale in as left back? No. no. Would you no. ever put Poro in as right back? No. It was no. a disaster. Having Emerson Royal that gave him the freedom to move forward. Royal is not a bombing forward right back that someone like Conte wanted. But he can defend. He can, he can defend uh, very well, actually. He's a good defender. In a team that cannot defend, that couldn't defend, didn't even know what defending, they probably couldn't even spell it, we needed some someone who knew actually what it was, and I think he's made that much of a difference. And that's why when his name was read out, the whole of the stadium actually cheered. When the hell did that ever happen for Emerson Royale yeah. ever in the past? No. No, he's proved us all wrong. I mean, even from the beginning when I saw him play, I thought, this guy, how the hell is he a professional footballer? He can't even pass the ball. But, you know, he's proved me wrong. He's a good player. He can defend. He's not the bombing right back. But then that's fine. He's a good defender. We need defenders. My question to you now is, do we still need to go inside a, a right-centred centre-back in the, in the, you know, at the end of the season? Or do we think that Emerson Royal can fulfil that role? Emerson Royal can fulfil that role if he doesn't, if he is not called upon to go forward and, and do the the bombing forward right back role. If we're going to play a back four, that's your guy. If we're going to play a back five, I'm not sure he can fulfill that role. Porro definitely cannot play in a back five. He, I mean, where he played, he can defend a little bit. Oh, you mean po- hold on a second. Porro can't play in a back four, you mean, don't you? Can't, no, can't I don't play. think he can't play in a back five. Really? I so wouldn't he... in a back anything. 
So you mean he can't play as a right a right no, wing back no. with a centre back behind him? No, he can't do that. With a centre back, no. Well, he can't, clearly he couldn't because look how many goals he've conceded when he's played that role. Yeah, but I think that's more a function of the RCB being pretty poor than you know than him. But anyway, so I didn't quite get the answer. Can Emerson Royal be our solution to the right centre back? So Royal, Romero, and one another would be our back three. Is that possible or probable or not? I think if you're going to play Royal, you've got to play a back four. Really? So he's yeah. got to be right back, yeah? Yes. You didn't see enough in that performance I to think, give you hope? I, I think it gives me hope. I think that, in you know, it was so good to see a four-four-two again, and I think it worked. Oh, hold on, we didn't play a four-four-two. We played a three-five-two. We played, uh, we th- we played, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought we did, didn't we? Well, no, I thought we played, we played Royale, we played uh, the, the two centre-backs in Romero, oh, right, and, actually, four, four, two, and we yeah, played yeah. Uh, Davis on the other side, and yeah. we had four in the midfield where, where Son dropped back on the left side with Davis, and we had a Porro on the other side. Oh, yeah, I take it back, you're right. So we had a 4-4-2. Four, four, two. And yeah. I thought we looked a balanced team. First time I've seen Spurs look semi-balanced. That actually, we were closing players down, they didn't get that space to come in behind us and absolutely rip us to pieces. People knew what they were, who they had to pick up. People knew what they were doing. And there was enough bodies in midfield to be able to take some control over the game and take some possession. Did you know, it's the possession stats. I can't remember them now. But a lot better than Spurs have ever had in the last three years. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We played a 4-4-2 and it looked a lot better. I, I was uh, getting confused because I thought Ben Davis was the third centre-back, but he wasn't. He was just playing yeah. left-back, wasn't he? Yes. What, was, what did you think of the performance of... Uh, you know, Sun and uh, a good again. They listen to. They're actually watching the podcast because after you the rate the berating you gave to Kulusevski, they they dropped him. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like you know he's I'd, he's lost his form, so he needs to re- gather his form. But you know, we had Poro on the right, and who was playing on the left as a, a, a Son on the left, oh, and we had yeah. Skip what? and Hoiberg again, which I wasn't impressed again. But Skip made a lot of mistakes there. Hoiberg wasn't great, you know. Again, I was surprised, but happy to see Basuma on the bench. What did you think about that? I was happy to see Basuma on the bench, and I'd like to see him back in the team. I mean, mm. we only got four games to left. But mm. the encouraging thing for us is we've got our best player to come back here, haven't we? We've got Benton Court to come back in that yeah. position. Yeah. That will absolutely transform it. But he's not coming back till November. So. No, he's not coming back till next year. But what it does show to us that the four four two format for Spurs... Can, we can't, we're not a 5-3, five, five, we're not, we're just not a team that can play that, we never were, we don't know how to play it, none of those players knew how to play it, and this is why I wanted to talk to you a bit about Daniel Levy. Okay, but before we go to Daniel Levy, just I wanted to touch on the news that our captain Hugo Lloris is out for the season with the muscle injury, question to you, do you think he'll ever play for Tottenham again, or do you want to see him play for Tottenham again, more likely? I think this is a time to say thank you for your service. It's been a good, good, good few years. You're there from 2012. It's been, what, 11 years now? Thanks. Uh, I mean, there's been some good times. There's been some bad times. I remember that goal against Brighton uh, when he fell over and almost broke his elbow. Uh, but I've seen some great saves, seen some great stops. He was the ultimate uh, sweeper, keeper that came out and, and really gave that whole way of playing um, its name under Pochettino's good years. He was one of the best keepers we've had in many years. I don't see him back ever playing for Tottenham again. He's too old. He hasn't got it, but he's given us a good service. So thanks, Loris, for, for Hugo, for everything. Um, and, you know, you're always welcome back at the club. So let me ask you a question about Hugo Reese. What's your lowest point with Loris and your highest point with Loris as a Tottenham keeper? 
I think my highest point with Lloris would have been uh, um, that 2012, 2013, was it? No, 2015, 2016 season. Where we when were we, had, we went unbeaten at home, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he did some, some, it was amazing. And he played that role so well. I think my lowest point with Lloris probably has been some of the, um, was probably that Newcastle game where mm-hmm. we had, uh, I mean, I know it's very recent. There have been some really bad low points in the past, but that game summed it up. What was it? Five goals in 25 minutes. I mean, it's so sad that you had to go out on that. Yeah. Right? yeah. That it's very sad. sad. He deserves better than that, I think. He deserves better than that. But my God, after that <laughs> performance, how, what can you do? You can't bring back a, a keeper who can who, who does that. I mean, you know, Leeds have probably gone through the same thing with Masaya where they've taken him out. I mean, it's awful. Yep, that's yep, probably yep. low points. Yep, yep, but it. But just quickly going back to the match before you talk about Daniel Levy, it seems like um, we could protect. Now Villa lost again today. That's two defeats in a row for Villa. Seems like exactly what you said is happening. Villa thought, hold on a second, we could actually end up seventh here, so we better lose a few games because we know we're playing in that crappy Conference League. Do you think that's what's happening? That's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to end up exactly where we don't want to be. It's like um, you, you, every, you spend your whole life avoiding something and then right at the end you go crushing into it. And that Spurs go dancing around the whole thing. And in the end we just like make a beeline towards it and can't help ourselves and bang, we go crashing into the Europa Conference League. I don't see how with Brighton having three games in hand over us, right, and only being, what, three points behind, that they're yeah. not going to take the sixth spot. Uh, they will. They beat just beat Man United. Yeah, they beat Man United. Um, yeah, they, they deserve to win. Something we couldn't even do at home. Yeah. Um, and they've got three three games in hand. I mean, I don't know how that happened, but they have, and they're going to take that spot. And our poor old Spurs are going to be begging. Well, it depends. We let Villa beat us away. Might be we might end up eighth, but poor old Spurs are going to be stuck at seventh and in that crappy league out in the middle of Moldova somewhere playing our games on a Thursday oh. night and then just being falling to pieces on a Sunday at home. But the interesting thing is if we lose to Villa, say a heavy defeat, 3-0, they could potentially take over our spot because of, uh, you know, goal difference. But let's mm. see. But l- let me put another point to you. But, you know, we can't be picky and choosy. And a, a, a cup is a cup, you know. We potentially have actually can win the Europa Conference League. If West Ham are in the semi-final, we're better than them. Couldn't we actually win this trophy? Why are you putting your nose up at this trophy? We're not in any position to put our noses up at any trophy. I agree. I completely agree. I just don't think we're good enough. We were not good enough to be... We were beaten by some Eastern European team last time we were there who were full of amateurs. We couldn't even beat them at home. I can't remember their name. Ferreira Rocha was one team, but that was the Portuguese team, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, there was another team, that, the team that knocked us out. We had Conte yeah. just come in with, on a high, right, take over Spurs and knocked out the champ, uh, the, the uh, conference Europa league. Conference. Yeah. I'm going to get it right. That's how poor we are. I do not think we have the strength in depth to go to shit, crappy little stadiums in the middle of nowhere and come back and pick ourselves up on a Sunday. So, yeah, let's go in the Europa Conference League and then don't expect anything next year. Okay, so we okay, fine. Final thoughts on the win, and then we'll talk about your thoughts on Daniel Levy. A good win against Palace. Palace has been playing well, so a win is a win. It's the a best win. thing about today was was a shock, absolute shock. I nearly fell over when I looked up, and half an hour had gone by, and we hadn't conceded a goal. Yeah, I mean, and a clean sheet as well. Was that a first clean sheet for a long time? And I mean, two changes there back four, Royal, who knows how to defend, back in. 
Um, Davies in a more comfortable position. Longley actually finally playing like a defender. And um, uh, Romero in charge. And I think the biggest problem we've had here is that when Dyer's playing, it looks like he seems to be the one in charge. And Romero just takes a back seat and forgets how to defend. Mm-hmm. Not having Dyer in made all the difference today. Yeah, we should have got a couple more goals. I thought we were scrappy in midfield. I don't think that we showed anything. I don't think... Um, uh, Palace turned up to the races. They had a couple of chances. They probably could have done better, but we should have had two or three more. But overall, you can't really complain at a one 0 especially when you've lost four. Get well, lost only got one point from the last four games. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about um, uh, uh, your friend Oliver Skip? You know, I think Skip could just be like he was two seasons ago. Wouldn't we all be happier? I don't yeah. know what is wrong with him, why he is not taking this opportunity. He's getting time to get match fit, stay in the team, play alongside Hoibier. And he just seems to actually rather than getting better and better week in, week out, to me, he seems to be getting going the opposite way. And I, I just can't, I just don't understand why this guy has not taken the opportunity he's given him. But, you know, Norwich waits. Maybe that's where he needs to go. I think that, Maybe that's his level. I do not think that if Tottenham want to win anything, do anything, then building your team around someone like Skip is really going to make make you a big. Player. I don't think so. Once um, Bissouma and Bentaco are back, I don't see I don't see Skip getting a look in at all in that team. Anyway, now we've come to that time of the of the podcast. We're going to give your thoughts about Daniel Levy. So, please pray tell. Well, I mean, I, I think we owe Daniel Levy a little bit of an apology here. I really do. And the reason why I say that is because judging by what he's done over the last few years is bringing in Mourinho, bringing in Conte without changing the team, looking around. He's acted more like a fan and more like a bit of a headless chicken than uh, somebody who's actually taking real footballing decisions. And it proves that he tried. he's, He's gone with instinct. He's gone with gut and his gut's been completely wrong. What he has done wrong for me is he's not he's spent the money. I think he has, and he's done what probably if you put one of one of a uh, uh, armchair fans like us in charge, what we probably would have done is bring in these managers without actually looking what this team is, what these players can give, and uh, trying to fit a uh, um, a round peg in a square hole. And I think for that sense, we've lambasted him, we've given him a hard time. But I think he probably deserves the benefit of a doubt of a fan running a club very, very badly. What this guy needs is to let a manager come in and let the manager actually decide, take over uh, recruitment and take over coaching. And he needs to sit back and out of it and have nothing to do with it. And I'll give you a prime example. Bissouma comes in, plays one good game against us, scores a great goal. Old headless chicken Levy goes in and tries to sign him. He, he, you know, he sees a big name like Perisic, doesn't look at how old he is and what he's doing. Oh, wow, World Cup finalist, blah, 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 goes inside. It's a fan thing. It's not how he would have fitted into the team that he looks at. And I think that that, that his, a lot of his missteps have been his absolute desire to succeed as a fan without understanding football. And that's where the, 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 the disconnect is for me. No, I totally disagree with you. I think basically he's he, he's acted like a businessman. He doesn't want to spend money. He spent some money. But what about this? Let me put this to you. Mourinho wanted Screenio. He got Joe Rodon. Harry, <laughs> Harry Redknapp wanted uh, Tevez and Gary Cahill. He got Ryan Nelson and Louis Hissar. Mm-hmm. Pochettino wanted somebody. He couldn't get anyone for 500 days. Nope. You know, I mean, Conti wanted uh, Bastoni and he got Longley. 
<laughs> so, you yeah. know, you because, can, again, tell me I'm, why. I will say to you, and I'm not saying that Levy's uh, some kind of genius. He clearly isn't. What he's tried to do is run the club as a headless chicken fan who de-jerks through every single thing he reads in the paper, every single thing he probably sees us say here. And he might be acting, into, you know, obviously, very tight with his money, but he's not handing over and saying, hey, what kind of team do you need to build? What kind of team have I got? And what kind of players do we need to get? So he brings in Conte, big name, wow, wow, wow. But this was never a Conte team. None of those players were a Conte type of players. And this is what he did. He looked at, and we were all guilty of it too, thinking Conte is great things since sliced bread. We need him. Rather than actually think, sitting back and having a footballing mind, say, look, this is where your team is. This is the kind of players you do. You bring this guy in. You're going to need to give him five years in the wilderness before you're going to get anywhere. And this ain't the guy that's going to hang around for five years. And biggest mistake for me was, let, look what Liverpool have done. They've let Klopp, Klopp have a bad season. They've let him have two, three bad seasons. We had Pochettino having three months bad, bad time. So yeah, let him have the bad time. Maybe he wouldn't have made top four. Maybe he wouldn't have got it. But, you know, Alex Ferguson went through it. Pep Guardiola went through it. Everybody went through it. This guy, acting like a stupid, silly fan, just thought, all right, yeah, chop him. Mourinho, ooh, big name in big light. This was never he's, he's always had a crush on Mourinho. He tried to sign him before he went to Chelsea. So he's always this had was a crush never on. a Mourinho team. This was never a Conte team. All no. we had to do is accept, okay, Poch, you're going to go through a bad time. You're going to need time to rebuild. If he had still been there four years later, what would this team be like now? Yeah. But the pro- problem is that Levy saw his um his uh, Champions League money going out the out the draw. Because, be the, to Levy, every fans are saying it's time for Pochettino to go. You know, because we were acting like like uh, uh, greedy fans who need everything now, 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 now. Right? <laughs> and this is exactly how Levy's acting, and this is what the problem has been at this club. He can't. He shouldn't be involved. He should be involved in running the finances. He should be running, maybe involving the marketing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Stay out of football, Levy, and we may leave you alone. Okay. Now, a couple of things I want to talk to you about before we close the podcast. Firstly, Clement Longley, would you buy him for fourteen million approximately, or send him back to Barcelona? Buy him. Okay. And the second thing is, I heard there's rumours around that. Nagelsmann, your favourite your favorite choice, wants to come to Tottenham, but he's not making any decisions until he knows who the sporting director is. And there's rumours that Ralph Ragnick wants to be the sporting director at Tottenham or would be interested in being. So what do you think of a Nagelsmann-Ragnick combination at Tottenham? Can't be any worse than the one we had before. At least we know that Ragnick's not going to end up being banned for three years, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be good. I mean, I think yeah. we could do with some German discipline, to be honest with you. I think we could do with some of the stronger mindset. One of the things that you do get from these these managers is 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 a, is a brain, you know, and a, and, a, and a stronger mentality. I think Nagelsmann will be really good for this team. I'm not sure how many of these players will survive. But then we need a two- to three-year rebuild. My yeah. view here is I don't care who comes in, who the manager is, and I've said this before, but these guys who think they know what they're doing, like the Levies and the board or ex-Spurs fans, Spurs fans, whatever, need to stay out of managing football clubs. They cannot manage football clubs. But I, I personally don't think Nagelsmann is going to come because he wants control over transfers, and I'm not sure Levy's going to give that up. You've got to. This is my whole point. I'm giving the whole point, yes. the doubt. But let go. Let go. 
I'm not, I think it's easier said than done, Cam. I think it's easier said than done. I don't agree with okay. you. Okay. Well, listen, it's been great talking to you again. We look forward to the next podcast. Uh, come on, you Spurs. Any on, final sir. thoughts before we uh, we say goodbye to our fans? And remember, fans, by the way, if you enjoy the, the chat and everything, please remember to subscribe to the channel and, and you give us a like. And everybody listening on the on the podcast, you know, it'd be great to hear from you and your thoughts. But, uh, Cam, sorry, I'm going to leave the last word to you. What I wanted to say is I would like to know, but it would be interesting to hear back from people, do we actually want to win at Villa if that means coming in seventh? But I suppose as a Spurs fan, we want to win every game we can and we'll take whatever we get. Yep. Okay, well, tell us in the comment section if you think we, we should win at Liver, uh, Villa or should we just lose and finish eighth so we don't have to play in the Conference League? Cam's favourite... Um, Champions uh, um, organization or uh, league, yes, or cup competition. Sorry, I say Cam's favorite cup competition. Uh, But everybody, thank you very much for listening, watching the podcast, listening. Uh, Take care. We'll speak to you soon on the next podcast. And come on, you Spurs, let's go. You've been listening to the Spurs ninety five oh one podcast. Stay in touch. Continue the debate. And let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.